0: This is the Blaze Radio on Demand.
1: Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for a hundred nights risk-free. Go to Casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glen. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply.
2: Glenn Speck. The Blaze Radio Network.
1: Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. A lot to discuss today. Um, we have uh, the our healthcare system collapsing. The guy who actually designed it said, no, 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 it's working exactly as it was supposed to. Yes, it is. We'll get into that here in uh, just a second. But the good news is, uh, if you watched when we were going through this, if you listened when we went through this, We told you this is what would happen. It was designed to collapse and then put you in a position of, hey, we, we can't go back. I mean, now we're too far down this road. So we're going to be talking about repealing and replacing Obamacare. Both sides are going to be talking about repealing and replacing it, but not replacing it with the free market. We'll get into that coming up in just a second. Also, Clinton voters... Are they voting against Trump or are they voting for Clinton? Trump supporters, same. New poll numbers out show that things may be shifting towards Donald Trump's favor here in the last few days. We'll get to that. And I want to talk to you about Megyn Kelly. I want to hear you on Megyn Kelly. We begin there right now.
3: ...fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello
1: America. So glad that you have tuned in. Uh, we have a lot to discuss today. I, I want to uh, start with Megyn Kelly, but I, I want to start in a, uh, in a different place on the Megyn Kelly um, uh, question. And here's the question. The question is, Megyn Kelly... Did she, was she fair in her interview with Newt Gingrich? In the interview with Newt Gingrich, Newt was saying that she was in the bag and only obsessed with sex. And she said, Mr. Speaker, if Donald Trump is a sexual predator, that's news. That's news. And we, we don't know when there's 10 or 12 people coming out and saying he did this to me. When he made the statement, remember what I said, he put himself into a Gary Hart moment. I said this during the debate. He's just Gary Harted himself where he said, I didn't do that. That's ridiculous. I would never do that. And I said, there will be people coming out now all next week. There will be people coming out saying he did it to me and we'll have to now decide which one's telling the truth which one's not and here you go so is it the job of the media news not commentators news is it their job to report on that or not is it their job to reflect what is being said in the news see the the problem The problem with... No, let me rephrase this. One of the reasons why people like Donald Trump is he's the loudest voice in the room. When you're the loudest voice in the room, the cameras turn to you. It was why every single Republican said the media has given him $3 billion of free... Think of that. Never before in our history has anyone in the history of the world received three billion dollars of free advertising and Donald Trump was running high on it and the others were saying we can't get any airtime nobody will pay any attention to us because of Donald Trump well why was that because Donald Trump is good ratings because he's the loudest voice in the room now everybody was saying It wasn't for Donald Trump. Everyone was saying, look at the media. They are building him up only for the ratings. That's what they're doing. They're feasting on these ratings. And as soon as he becomes the nominee, they will feast on his body until he's nothing but bones to make sure they take him out. Because that's what the media does. They build you up, then they tear you down. Being the loudest voice in the room means you can always get a camera. But being the loudest voice in the room, you better choose your words carefully. For instance, Donald Trump has not used his loud voice to go after Hillary Clinton in a substantial way. He has gone after, now he might in speeches, but that's not what anybody wanted to cover. The minute he started locking himself down to a teleprompter, the media wasn't interested. That's why he went back off the teleprompter Because he believes that any coverage is good coverage. So he went back off the teleprompter and started to go his own way. That's what he wanted to do, which gets the media to cover you. He hasn't found a way to be himself and to talk about Hillary Clinton in any substance. So all you get is the back and forth smears. What is it that we have actually learned from listening to Donald Trump about the world? Have we learned anything new about the world listening to Donald Trump? Honest question. Anyone? What have we learned about him by listening to him? A ton, right? Good and bad, like it, don't like it, doesn't matter. We've learned a ton about him. What have we learned new about Hillary Clinton from Donald Trump? nothing. Remember when Donald Trump, when Hillary Clinton, that first big thing broke, I don't remember what it was but he went out that night and he made it about something else. It was maybe the first WikiLeaks release and I remember coming in the next day saying what did you, what? The media waited all day to hear your response on on this and instead the media covered what he said about some other personal issue that he had with somebody because that's what he made it about that night so having the loudest voice in the room is really good sometimes but unless that is a carefully thought out voice it's not good so the media is covering the Gary Hart moment and Newt Gingrich comes on and says look he'd be winning if it wasn't for you guys well that's what Ted said and, and Marco said, and everybody else said about the media, and the Trump campaign rejected that. It's that America wanted a winner. But they were giving him $3 billion worth of free TV. Now he's getting anti-stuff, and they're attacking the media and saying that they're rigged. Okay, all right. Newt made his point. Megan made her point. I thought one was reasonable and one was not. But I'm reading and listening to others and I don't think I'm anywhere near the majority. At least in the conservative world. Frank Luntz, I just read a story on him. He was talking about how this is a poorly run campaign and if he was the campaign manager, he would have taken his cell phone away Months ago, stop with Twitter. Discipline. The comments underneath are Frank Luntz, traitor. (laughs) There's a story out today uh, from Conservative Review, very well thought out. It's Mark Levin, very smart. He says if Trump, or sorry, if Megyn Kelly is renewed, her contract is renewed at Fox, and they decide to go the way of Megyn Kelly, then Fox News is over and doesn't represent conservatives. Because Megyn Kelly has sold out long ago. What I'd like to know from you is how you feel. Because we are at a fork in the road. And we're at this place to where we see the world, as Newt Gingrich said yesterday. What was it? uh, Two... Alternate Uh, universes? Alternate
4: universes, yeah. We're
1: in two alternate universes. This this is what he said. There is the way people see it, and then the way Trump people see it. And they don't see things the same way at all. It's as different... I find myself in a place to where Joe Lieberman, I think, found himself when the Democratic Party all of a sudden started to embrace the... uh, Uber left and said, no, 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 we're not moving. We're not moving. But wait, we don't have Bill Ayers in the Democratic Party. We're not moving. You are, Joe. And Joe finally had to say, I've left. They've left me. There's no place for me. This is beyond the Republican Party. This is the conservative movement. I'd love to hear from you on how you feel about megan Kelly, specifically the interview with um, Newt Gingrich. Do we need to play it again? I don't think we need to play it again, do we? Maybe play a little bit of it. Play a little bit of it. Was she. Was I mean, she with, right?
5: with Cook and many other nonpartisan independent pollsters now saying that the Senate is likely lost to the Republicans. What does that say? I mean, if Donald Trump loses this White House race and the Republicans lose the Senate, does that suggest that the Republicans nominated the wrong candidate at the top of their ticket?
6: the next two weeks are a contest of two parallel universes. Uh, I just listened to that report. First of all, I used to hang out with Charlie Cook when he would explain that Donald Trump was hopeless and would not get the nomination.
1: I want to ask you a question, her first question. This is based on coming out of two pollsters that say, here's what we've learned from the polls. So she comes out and she says, all right, we just just heard these two pollsters. If that's true, what does that mean? Does that mean that the wrong person is at the top of the ticket? Is that a fair question or not? Completely
7: fair question. Okay.
6: I like Charlie. That doesn't mean he's infallible. But let's let's take the, the report we just got. Republicans are actually outvoting Democrats in Florida. They're outvoting Democrats in Pennsylvania. That's unprecedented.
1: Okay, They've cut the d- The reason why it's unprecedented is because there is no early voting in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Florida, is that true? It, uh, the, I would say the data is mixed in Florida. Okay. It's so certainly not unprecedented. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Give him the benefit. Uh, go ahead. You don't know why. I'm just trying to be uber fair. Uh, give ahead. him the benefit of the doubt on that one. There is the fr- Pennsylvania... There is no early voting, so they can't be outperforming. Mm-hmm. So you to judge on how safe the rest of the facts are.
6: Predict a win in Pennsylvania? I think they might. Really? Uh, Do you think Trump's going to win Pennsylvania? Look, all I can report to you right now is they're outvoting the Democrats in early voting.
1: Hey, okay, stop. So she's asking, is that a fair question from her? Yes. you really think that he's going to win in Pennsylvania? Because uh, it's it's... Highly likely
0: that Clinton is going to win the state and everybody believes Why? So. Because, uh, why? because the of
1: Democrats polling. always do. They always win and the polls show it. The polls show it and Democrats always win. So she's saying, Really? And he says, Yes. And I'm only telling you this because of the the data of what the early voting shows. But there is no early voting data. Right. Now she didn't she didn't know that, but there is no early voting data. So he's trying to make a case uh, which is on false information. Also true in Florida, which is unprecedented. But
5: all uh, of historically, the polls in Pennsylvania Democrats have her early. winning. What? All of the oh, polls what? in Pennsylvania have I, her head. I, I know. I just told
6: you we have two alternative universes right now. Uh, in Iowa, for example, the Democrats are fifty thousand votes behind Where they were with Barack Obama and turnout. True. Uh, The governor Um, is very confident we're going to carry Iowa.
4: Um, Two things. One, it is not unprecedented in Florida. That is definitely false. Um, The Republicans have, they won Florida early voting, or at this point, we're leading Florida early voting um, in 2008, which of course was a blowout election that they lost. So that is not accurate. Uh, The Iowa thing, I would say, I don't know the number exactly, but generally speaking, he's doing very well in Iowa with early voting. So I would say that one is fair. Okay, go ahead.
6: Which Obama carried last time. I can just carry you through case after case like this. In Minnesota, we're almost certainly going to win the congressional seat yes. up around Duluth, uh, which is a very Democratic area, but it deeply dislikes Hillary Clinton.
0: Uh, uh, and that's an interesting move, too, because he's just shifted it from Trump to some Senate candidate or congressional, congressional candidate congressional
4: in Duluth. And, uh, you know, he has... There's no polling that would show that he has a chance in Minnesota at this point. Okay. Right. Uh, and rep- Go ahead. Present but let me, just you, let, me, let me just ask you.
5: Let me just ask you, because uh, you say it's two alternate yeah. universes. Um, I mean, you're... These are sort of small examples Case. of yeah. how he might be heading early voting and so on. But- Stop.
1: These are small examples. Well, technically, yes, they are, because Florida was incorrect, and Pennsylvania... Incorrect. ...is completely incorrect, It's made up. Um, he's right about... Um, Iowa, and then if you want to talk about a small example, Duluth is about as small as you can get.
5: I'm telling you that the Fox News decision desk just moved Iowa, that you just mentioned, Indiana, second con- congressional district in Maine. All of them moved left, moved more likely to vote for Hillary Clinton. And in fact, all of the moves that sure. have been on this map over the past three weeks by Larry Sabato, by Cook, by the Fox News decision desks. These are nonpartisan outlets that are just trying to call the electoral they not nonpartisan scoreboard. outlets. Every outlet you describe Fox, is part of the establishment. Fox News, really, are we? I don't think so. Oh, and oh, all every state they've moved, they've moved it to the left, towards Hillary. And you tell me whether that's all made up.
6: No, I think they're two alternative universes. You have a poll which suggests that she's going to get a Barack Obama turnout among African Americans. I don't think that's going to happen. You have a Washington Post ABC News poll where they took out eight percent of the vote because they didn't like the way it voted. Look, I'm, I've been around long enough. I remember when the Detroit liberal newspaper on the Sunday before the election said John Engler would lose by I think 14 this is points.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He won the governorship is that year. I don't take
6: the. I don't take polls. As seriously as people who've never run for office.
1: And that's all fine. Right. And I, I, that's all fine. Right. And it's all fine. I mean, you know. Last minute is where it yeah. gets. So we'll get to that when we come back. But I want to hear your phone call. The number is 888-727-BECK. 727-BECK. I want to hear on, on Megan Kelly, the, the accusation now from the right is that if Fox News renews her contract, then Fox News has chosen to throw itself in with the mainstream media, and it will—it'll be—it'll mean the end to Fox News. I'd love to hear your opinion on that. 727 seven B E C K. Now this—you're selling your house. You want your house sold um, for the most money and sold on time, and you don't want to deal with a bunch of excuses. So. Hire an agent you can trust, an agent that will work for you and tell you the truth without any excuses. Somebody that will sit down and say, okay, how much is your house worth? How much do you need? Let's agree on a price. Let's agree on a, on a reasonable deadline, on what it's going to take to get your home sold on time and for the most amount of money. And it is working. Houses that have been sitting on the market for months are selling. People are finally able to take the big burden off of their shoulders. So get moving now. Find one of the best real estate agents in the country and the best in your area. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com, where our individually selected agents will work to earn your business every day. realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Glenn Beck. The fusion of
0: entertainment,
3: entertainment. and enlightenment. And enlightenment. we are one. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh mercury
1: the key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep and i know because i have a casper mattress the casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever Time Magazine named Casper Mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine. And they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep. Casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code GLEN, $50 off the purchase of your mattress, at casper.com slash GLEN. The promo code is GLEN. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress, casper.com slash GLEN. Terms and conditions do apply.
0: 888 727
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program. So at uh, glennbeck.com, there's, there's a poll that you can answer. What did you think about Newt Gingrich's exchange with Megyn Kelly? Uh, business as usual, over the top, uncivil and rude, desperate and dumb. Right now, 43% business as usual. I think that's what Stu is saying because he was curious about why I am leading the show with this today what my point is and my point is i want to learn i want to hear you i want to learn um and feel what you're feeling right now as i understand i, I really believe there's something to be said for we're the least the next two weeks it's just gonna be nuts business as usual you know i think maybe that's what that poll is saying business as usual we're two weeks away from electing, electing a president We don't want anything in our world that is is, um, pushing against us. We're in the throes, let's go. Um, But I wonder if it's more than that. Are people starting to say, no, this is unreasonable, and starting to see Newt Gingrich as correct on the two parallel universes? One that sees it the way that that Trump and Breitbart do, and one that sees it the other way. Um, and the other way kind of cuts across the spectrum. The way you see it with the Breitbart way is is very clear set of, uh, I don't want to say principles, worldview, data points. We'll get there. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
5: allegations and in large part believe that they are do, a real issue and don't
6: Do you want to comment on whether the Clinton ticket has a relationship to a sexual predator? We
5: on the Kelly File have covered that story as well, sir. I will no, tell you no, the polls, you
6: use the words. I want to hear your words, Bill Clinton's sexual predator. I dare you. Say Bill Clinton sexual predator. Mr. Speaker, we covered, by the island, excuse by the Arkansas me, bar, Disbarred by the excuse Arkansas me. bar. $850,000 penalty.
5: Excuse me, sir. We on The Kelly File have covered the Clinton matter as well. We've hosted Kathleen Willey. We've we've covered the examples of him being accused as well, but he's not on the ticket. And the polls also show that the American public is less interested in the deeds of Hillary Clinton's husband than they are in the deeds of the man who asks us to make him president, Donald Trump. We're going to have to leave it at that. And you can take your anger issues and spend some time working on them, Mr. Speaker.
1: It was pretty ugly. It was pretty ugly. The
4: only time in that entire interview that she even mildly expresses... An opinion is at the very last line. An opinion
1: at him is
4: that very last line. Yeah. The rest of it, like, she's making the case that the election's not going well, but he's supposed to be there
1: answering for that, right? I mean, like, that's the interview. Yeah. The answer is, uh, did you elect the wrong person? No. No, we didn't. And I don't believe these polls, blah, blah, blah. Well, your candidate certainly does. Yes, but that's him. That's not me. I believe that something is going to happen. I mean, that, that's the way to turn it instead of making it into this dogfight. Um, uh, Mark in Ohio, you're on the Glenbeck program.
8: Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, when it really comes down to this whole argument, uh, let me try to phrase it this way. When you guys are breaking down this whole argument piece by piece and doing it as a classroom exercise most of the points i can agree with you on and i understand and i understand exactly what you're saying but on the other point if you listen to that argument on the radio not on television as i did and I consider myself informed. I listen to your show. I listen to talk radio. I'm a sure. big news junkie and all that okay. other stuff. And a lot right. of the positions on Trump, I agree with you. But as far as this argument is concerned, listening to, on the radio was more of a Kennedy-Nixon type debate uh, phenomenon than it was an actual structure. Where people who listened to it on the radio between Nixon and Kennedy thought Nixon clearly took that argument. But the people who watched it on television had an absolutely different viewpoint. And So what is the difference I here? Because really I, I watched
1: it and I watched it on television. I watched it see, happen. I did not. I, yeah, I did, and I, I thought it was very clear the same way. So what was the difference? And
8: I disagree with you. Okay, so what that's is the, the difference? That's the funny
1: part. But, but what is the um, difference between video and, and radio in this particular case? What did well, you see uh, that
8: thing was, th- there were a couple of things, and you, you might tear me apart on them, but I mean, just hear no, me No, no, that's okay. On, not,
1: I want to hear you out.
8: When you, when you do the Newt Gingrich, and you say about, you know, he's saying Pennsylvania, and he's doing this, and he's taught, giving um, all uh, different scenarios, and whether they're relevant or not, believe it or not, a lot of people are going to give that leeway. We're not, the the majority of people are going to say, well, maybe, you know, of course he's going to spin it this way because he's he's running for his candidate. And uh, the thing on the Pennsylvania, although I 100% agree with you, it's also one of those type of things where he could have been talking about another state. And, you know, you say at the end of it, Mm -hmm. you go, oh, could I have been so stupid? I know that. How could I be so stupid? Now, I'm not saying that's what happened, but you can give him that benefit of the doubt. But where he caught where he ended that debate at the end, when he said to her, and when the argument turned to, well, it's not we're not talking about Bill Clinton here, we're talking about Hillary, and that exchange right there at the end, she would not make that statement. And she did not make that statement. And what she did was she totally pushed somebody who's basically been proven to have those tendencies and a wife who's covering it up and is known to have covered it up and said that well basically that doesn't matter because we've covered it and uh, it's more important about these accusations about Trump even though nothing's been proven as of yet it's still all hearsay and when you take the righteous stance of well you know we're for women's issues and I'm for this and I'm for that well okay but that doesn't jibe in that thing in that mark when he's asking you well, then say the words. Then say okay, the words. I, and I see your she point. She sounded I, uh, like an MSNBC anchor. That's what she sounded hmm. like during that whole thing. And the ending oh. it with the anger management issues—that kind of like was uncalled for. Well, I, well
1: okay, it's interesting. Yeah, I, 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 Mark, I appreciate your point of view, and I understand it. Thank you. A couple of things on that. You know, not originally from Ohio, I'm guessing. <laughs> no,
4: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> she. Uh, it's not her responsibility to be Newt Gingrich's parrot. She no. does not. She does not get assigned words. And a journalist by Newt should Gingrich. not say, no. Bill Clinton
0: was a sexual predator because he did he." But her point on that is. Monica Lewinsky? Yes, but that doesn't. Does that make him a
1: sexual predator? Oh, I think he is a predator. I I mean, I think. I think if if Newt Gingrich would have said, are you. Would you go this far? Because she said, it's not about Bill Clinton. He's not in office. She is. If Newt would have said, instead of saying, say it, say it, say it, if he would have said, then will you say that she has um, ignored these. Um, accusations and and women crying out, and she is not a credible source for defense of women. if megan wouldn 't have answered that, you would have me but because it 's about Hillary Clinton, and you had her when he said when she said i 'm defending women, yes, well, I am too. Hillary Clinton is going to be in the office, and while she may not be a sexual predator, she is a predator of those who cry rape, those who have cried rape. And you've had him on your show. So is that the person to defend, for to elect for president if you stand for women? That would have been the winning argument. Right. But I mean, just, you know, Newt Gingrich, is,
4: if she was to say to him, well, Newt, tell me about your infidelities. Tell me about your sexual history. Have you been a sexual predator in the past? What have you done? I think that would be completely unfair yes. for him to do or for her to do. And the fact that, you know, yes, he's, mar- know. He, he's married to, uh, to the presidential candidate. But I think Megan Kelly's point in not engaging in that is that it's not the candidate.
1: And while we've covered that story, we need to, you know, that's not the focus here. Let me go to uh, Dee in Texas. Hello, Dee.
3: Good morning. Um, so I'll start out by just saying I'm actually outside right now waiting to go in and vote. And while I wish with everything that I had that it was Cruz at the ticket... <laughs> um, I have to, I'm never Hillary. And so that's where I find myself. Okay.
2: Um, but Good what I,
3: what I, what I hear when I, when I saw this video, mm. um, is really it almost feels like a conflation of two different things. And so the question of, is this a fair topic to discuss? I think with proper vetting, absolutely yes, right? This is an accusation against someone who perhaps could be the president of the United States. And we cannot be hypocritical and say, well, it's fair to talk about it with Clinton, but it's not fair to talk about it when it's Trump because he's my candidate. So I think the question of should it be covered? There's no question that there is a time and a place and appropriateness to cover that conversation. I think my interpretation of what Gingrich said, and I wholeheartedly believe it, is the the weighting of which this conversation has happened and the tone and the language that's been used. So, for instance, if you think about the American interest, while there's certainly an interest in, um, you know, the type of person that this president is, there's obviously a greater interest in open borders, in pay-for-play, in, you know, national security. And when you see that the information and the story that's out there and available for consumers as as voters, that they have to provide this, that's what journalism is supposed to be, and I'm a journalism major. Um, that information is heavily weighted and heavily important, and yet you don't see that being the topic of conversation. So I think that's kind of the first component, is not should it be talked about, but how is it being talked about in relation to other topics that frankly are far more impactful to our day-to-day life. And then the D- second I, is really look, the language.
1: How do you mean the language?
3: Um, for instance, I think it's fair to say Things like accusations against you um, making sexual advances towards women. I think when you say things like, if he is proven to be a sexual predator, that is a very intentional way, and I said this earlier, to get a visceral negative response. No one hears the word sexual predator and thinks, ah, no big deal, right? They may, when you think of something like a boss that has sex with his subordinate, which is clearly what Clinton did. Um, so when so know, wait, wait wait,
1: so when uh, the media and Megyn Kelly or mm-hmm. uh, Donald Trump talks about uh Bill Clinton raping Kathleen Willey, which has mm-hmm. not been proven, is Correct. that
3: wrong? So that's a great question, and so what I would challenge is saying two things. first off, the major news media you don't really hear that conversation mm-hmm. at all. No we've heard, also- a, we've heard we've
1: heard We've heard the presidential candidate say that.
3: Correct. Correct. And it's rape accusations. For one, it's you know, there's accusations of rape um, and sex. And secondly, that is an accusation of an action. Right. So sexual predator is that's what he is um, versus the thing that the conversation around he has been accused of sexually assaulting women, women, et cetera. I think that this is all very base, frankly. And I think that there's a much better way to have the conversation on both sides. So believe wow. me, I am not a Trump defender. Right. I don't uh, like so, a lot of so the D, language. So, Dee, were,
1: were you there saying these things back in the 90s?
3: Oh, yes. <laughs> I was actually a, um, a Democrat. I was, you know, I was younger, and I was in the Army. And he is Bill Clinton, and, and me being in the military is what made me step back and say, wait a minute, why am I looking at Democrats? Why am I considering myself a Democrat? Because it was this kind of behavior. Absolutely.
1: Okay, it was this kind of behavior that made you change your affiliation and change uh, the, the way you were thinking and acting. Correct. Um, Correct. But were you also at the same time saying, hey, we shouldn't say these things about Bill Clinton?
3: Um, I, well, what I was saying is, first off, every accusation is just that. It's an accusation, right? And so I think that it's fair to vet it out and to prove it before you just start saying, so this did is what you that change.
1: Is. Did you change your affiliation and change your thinking after the blue dress and only after the blue dress?
3: Well, no, it would certainly wasn't solely that. When I was sitting in a country in service while he was saying he was going to pull military people out and he didn't. So I, I have a much more nuance.
2: Okay. You know, okay.
3: I, I, I think that as citizens, it's really important for us to, to speak to it. It should rarely be about one thing and one thing only, right? We're, D- we're, I, not, I have we're to, not one I, and zero.
1: I have to tell you, I am so glad that you're voting today. You sound like an informed individual, even though we disagree on who you're voting for. I'm glad you're voting today. Thank you so much. Um, let me take a quick break, tell you about American Financing. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Calling in <laughs> Falling into debt happens. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you had some unexpected home repairs. But there is something you can do about it. American financing will consolidate your high interest debt into one manageable monthly payment. Low interest rates are at all-time lows. And it's a great time to refinance and consolidate your debts. Now, here's the, here's the interesting um, thing. Do you remember right after 2008? Uh, nobody could get a loan. The banks were not lending to anyone. That has changed. Right now, you can get a loan. I don't know how long this economy and this bubble, uh, this money bubble that we're in, lasts. But there is going to come a time when it's going to be extraordinarily difficult to get a loan. Refinancing right now can save you as much as $500 to $1,000 every month. please. Do it now. Call 866-750-6551 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. That's 866-750-6551. America's home for home loans is AmericanFinancing.net.
2: This
0: is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
2: Mercury.
1: Let me go to uh, Glenn in West Virginia. Hello, Glenn. You're on the Glenbeck Beck program. Good morning to you, Glenn. How are you, sir? Good. Hey, I think that uh, Megan Kelly, she's uh, she's about the only show that I even listen to or watch on Fox News anymore. I think she's about the only fair and balanced one on there, left on there. Uh, the the rest of them, yeah. I mean, I used to listen to O'Reilly quite often, but, I mean, he's best buddies with 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 Trump and I, I just
4: get tired of the slobbering love affair. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but like what you want out of a Thank network, right? are diverse opinions. I mean, yeah, if every you single, you... if every single, I mean, we have that on, on the Blaze. There are people who love
1: Trump and there are people who hate Trump. No, 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 no. no. There's somebody on the on the Blaze, Tommy Laren. yeah, who yeah. she's a big fan. is is. Is fighting for Trump. I mean, oh, in his camp. That's,
4: that's great. Yeah. I mean, and,
1: and that's what you like. I, I, don't, I, I said this. I don't silence
4: her or I, anything else. I was live tweeting the debates at one point, um, uh, the, the third debate, and someone p- wrote back and was like, "It's amazing watching right now, uh, Stu, uh, you know, Jeffy, um, uh, Tommy, Dana, and Buck all live tweeting the same thing, and, and they all have different opinions on stuff." I'm like, "That's a positive, right? Like, that you're, 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 this is a positive thing." Like, do you want a complete ideological alignment between the hosts that you listen to? I know I don't. I would rather hear people challenge me and come up with different opinions. I mean, I, I don't see how there's not a place for that. I, I, do I check in on, on people Unless you're doing it without believing it or you're doing it, um, you're, you're trying to uh, manipulate information or whatever. That's one thing. But, like, if people that just disagree on stuff, that is how you come to a sensible foundation of principle. You come to it by hearing the other arguments and and trying to disagree. We are
1: we are quickly becoming a uh, an, uh, a unipolar uh, living in a unipolar world of opinion. It's one opinion, and I won't let anything else into my world. Well, there's no that that's not healthy. That's not healthy. I challenge you to read. If you are if you're a Huffpo fan, read The Blaze every day. Read the Wall Street Journal editorial page every day. If you're, if you're a Blaze fan, read Huffpo every day.
3: This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
1: America. Welcome to the program. Lots to discuss. Brutal election cycle. Thankfully, it is reaching an end. We have um, uh, we have some poll numbers for you this hour. And I want to start with something I learned from an archbishop this morning at 6 a.m. We'll go there right now.
3: Of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I saw a quote a
1: couple of days ago from Robert Kennedy A revolution is coming, a revolution which will be peaceful if we're wise enough, compassionate if we care enough, successful if we're fortunate enough but a revolution which is coming whether we will it or not we can only affect its character we cannot alter its inevitability what's coming our way is coming I don't know what it is but it's coming and all we can do is alter its character Yesterday, I received a pretty hard punch in the face. Uh, and it's a punch in the face that really opened my eyes, but not for the reasons that the person who was doing the punching thought. Yesterday, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, um, but uh, have you ever heard yourself through somebody else? Have you ever heard anybody else's words? And you're like, this happens when you're with your kids. You will hear the words that you've said to your kids come back and you're like, oh, dear heavens. Or you will hear your parents' words come out of your mouth and you're like, I'm my dad. People may tell you about your faults, but if you're fortunate enough to hear what you sound like coming out of another person, it's really stunning. And if you don't punch back And you actually start hearing, hearing your own voice. It's a rough and eye-opening experience. I heard somebody yesterday channel me. And uh, and it was amazing because somebody, somebody said this. i going to piss you off. And I heard it and I was stunned for all of the opposite reasons. I was stunned because I thought to myself, my gosh... I think I sound like that. I, my brother Robert has been saying to me for a while, Glenn. I agree with you. I agree with you. This was mainly during the primary. I agree with you, but man, you're pissing me off. What are you talking about? You're just so. You're just so high-minded and just. Uh, oh, it's this way, and I know it, and and I could understand what he was saying. But not really because I couldn't, I didn't feel my words. Yesterday, I heard a version of me and I felt it and I thought, Ick, that is how I sound. I want to tell you that it's never been my intention to be self-righteous or pompous or a know-it-all. But I have to tell you if you if I've made you feel like I felt yesterday, man, am I sorry for that? because I felt stupid, i felt i felt you're calling me stupid, you're telling me I'm stupid, and I realized man i don 't think i've ever said that, but I bet you I have sounded that way at times, especially when I get all geared up. I just want you to know i don 't I, I say this all the time, but i don 't think i have you i don 't think you may have ever felt this, and I wish I knew how to make you feel this because this is the real drive of this show for me at least is i 'm no different than you are i 'm no better than you are i am just like you are in many ways. We have different lives, but we have we have different problems and different names to our problems, but it's the same. We're both afraid for our kids. We're both afraid for the future. We both want to have hope and optimism, but we can't seem to find it because nobody's really articulating it. But we know it doesn't have to be this way. We try to live our faith, but we usually fail. At least we fail in we're imperfect. But man, you are smart enough to figure this out. You're smart enough. You Don't, don't ever take my word for anything. you got to look it up yourself. You have to empower yourself. I say this uh, time and time again, but I fear I have maybe at times made you feel the opposite. Singing about it last night, I was laying in bed. How many people did I make feel that way while i was at fox how many over the last year most people won't hear this most people that do some will won't even believe it but on the off chance that you have felt that way i'm really sorry not my intent It's funny how blind we can be at times. We can be so convinced. And even if we end up being right in the end, then sometimes we even get more blind because our instinct is to say, see, I told you so. But we get so blind to the way I think we sound. This is something that is um, really... um, been on my mind a lot because I'm talking to different people. I am trying to reach out to different people. We're not going to make it if it's just this small group, even just on the right or just on the left. We're not going to make it. We have to be able to reach out to people who think differently than we do. And the entire world is closing itself off. When, When people say, I, if Megyn Kelly is on Fox, then Megyn Kelly has completely sold out. Or if, if Bill O'Reilly, if he's the way Fox is going, then, then that's it. Wait, they have how many hosts? And they're all different. We can't have, we can't live in a world. What you're asking for there is a safe zone. A television safe zone. And it's getting more and more narrow. And a lot of times, a lot of times we say things that we don't mean. People hear things that we didn't intend. Sometimes we misspeak. Sometimes we're just jerks. But if we're lucky enough if we're humble enough, if we're quiet enough, if we're peaceful enough, if we're wise enough, everything bad will be used for his good. If we're willing to not get angry and examine ourself in excuse, in, instead of excusing or examining others' faults. Last night, I heard somebody unleash, punch me in the face, and... I thought, boy, did he just use the worst of me to teach me a lesson. I want to thank you for listening, and I want you, I want to thank you for being cool and actually trying to be a better human being while we're trying to be a better human being and excuse each other for that. I want, you to, I want you to hear this clearly. Vote your conscience. Live your own life. Question absolutely everything. When you find the truth, no matter where it takes you, you have a decision to make. Wow, this truth, if I'm going to be consistent, this truth takes me down this path and I don't want to be there. Now, be honest with yourself. So I have to detach myself from the things that I know are true because I want to do this. And if you say, I'm choosing to believe this even though I know it's not true, I'm choosing to stand over here, that's your choice, man. And who can blame you for that? That's your choice. But here's what I learned from... Here's what I learned from the Archbishop of Mosul. Last night he came in and we spent about four hours together. He told me some amazing stories. Last Friday, last Friday, two suicide bombers walked in with their chests loaded with dynamite. And they walked into a home that Mercury One had paid for to get these girls out of where they were and put them into a safe house so they could go to college, remain going to college. You want to talk about divine protection. These seven girls are in this home. Two suicide bombers, ISIS, kick the front door open They search the entire house. The seven girls are now, college age, are now under a bed upstairs. They are hiding, and they're all saying the rosary. They're all Catholics, and they're all saying the rosary. One of them texts on their cell phone, our house is under attack. The two suicide bombers go into that room because the windows are facing out front so they can see out front. They spend three hours sitting on that bed on top of seven girls that they have absolutely no idea are hiding under the bed. They're waiting for them to come home to kill them. They're there for three hours. They're quiet enough for those three hours that they never hear them. They get up, they walk outside, they walk into a crowd, and they blow themselves up. The girls are safe. He said thank you, by the way, to everybody who has donated to the Nazarene Fund. Thank you. He came here this morning to say goodbye. Put him on a plane to go back to Iraq. He was offered a job to stay here in San Diego. He turned it down. He said, "I'm my people are in Iraq. He said, I'm excited to go back. I'm excited to go back because... There are churches that have been burned to the ground. There are churches that have been desecrated that we're going to go in and clean up again and start celebrating Mass in. He said, Christmas this year is going to be a celebration of victory, of God's victory. I said, what is it going to be like for the uh, four to 6,000 people that are returning home? Most of their houses are gone. Everything's been stolen. He said, Glenn, their neighbors, their neighbors watched them as they left. Their neighbors chased them out of town as they left. Their neighbors went through their houses and stole all of their things. Their neighbors will have some of their furniture, their clothes, their gadgets, and they will know it. I said, how are you going to stop the cries of, that's mine? He said, there's going to be some cries of vengeance. He said, but we're all Christians. We don't do that. God works it out. Vengeance belongs to him. Our task is to love To love our neighbor, even as ourself, nowhere does it say unless they chased you out of town and stole all your stuff. I have to tell you, we have to be better people than we are. I have to be better people than I am. Pat right now is so mad at me he won't even look at me. He yep. really is so mad at me he won't even look at me. The whole monologue. Yes, I am. I think you've apologized more than enough. I'm not apologizing for more than enough. I'm not apologizing for what I've said, Pat. I'm. I'm. I covered this ground, Glenn. We've covered it. It's, no, no, no. You've been there. This is not. This is new. This is me. This has been me at times over the last year, flying off the handle and saying, and, 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 and... Already said. You've already talked about it.
0: Well. It, does God ask this of you? to To no. apologize over and over and over for the same thing? No. No?
1: No. No.
0: Neither does the audience, I don't think, based on uh, the feedback I'm getting. I have to...
1: Do all that I can. Mm -hmm. And if I feel that someone has, if I've made someone feel a certain way, and I know you can't make anybody feel, I know. Right. But I felt something last night and they were my words. And I felt something last night and I didn't like the way that made me feel. And so I chose not to feel that. I chose instead to recognize the things in me and say, A, let's lead by example. Last night I posted something on this. Last night I had so many listeners say, I have been trashing you so much. I'm sorry. You're right. Forgive me and I'll forgive you. Done. Done. Go read the posts from the people. There are those people that are feeling that way. And quite honestly, I feel that way about some people. I can let it go. We need to let it go. When we, if we can't learn from people over an election, if we can't learn... From people who have had everything in their house taken. And they, can, and they humble themselves and say, Neighbor, forgive me for anything I've done. I forgive you. Let me love you. If we can't do that, we don't survive. Sponsor this half hour is ZipRecruiter. Hire the right people. People who will look for solutions rather than admiring the problem. But how do you find the right job candidate? ZipRecruiter.com is how we do it. With ZipRecruiter, you can post 100-plus job sites with one single click. That's Facebook, Twitter, and all of them. And you can find any candidate in any city, any industry, nationwide. You post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails, no calls to your office. You just screen the candidates, you rate them, and you hire the right person fast. ZipRecruiter has been used by over a million businesses, including ours. Right now, post jobs at ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com/back. It's free. ZipRecruiter.com/back. Blendback
3: program. 88727 back. Mercury.
7: back program
1: it's, um, it's amazing to hear what you have accomplished uh, in Iraq and what those people have gone through uh, in the last two years and really the world isn't paying attention to the victory that is happening right now in Iraq. More in just a second.
3: We are one. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
0: Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com.
1: Well, wow. can, I, can I tell you something, uh, Lou Dobbs? It, <laughs> Lou Dobbs it, it exposed something yesterday that is pretty... finally. We're not going to talk about it on the air. I don't know. Should we? Can we talk about it, Pat? Can we say this on the air? With it? well, uh, it's, I mean, it's out
0: there. We it's out as, there. We might as well address it. I don't know. I don't, might don't as know. As well. oh, finally, people are. I mean, I've known about it for a long. I
1: time. I can't believe he had the guts to bring up. The Mormon, Mormon Mafia. mafia.
0: Mm-hmm. <coughs> People who are dealing in underground tuna noodle casseroles. And, okay. uh, and
1: bootlegging uh, root beer. And bootlegging I mean, root beer. Lime bootlegg- green jello salad. Yeah, the, that, that, <laughs> that root beer. And uh, can I tell you something? The fencing of bicycles is out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they really make their money. So, yeah. I think those guys in the white shirts, they're stealing those bikes and they're selling them to China. China. his mm-hmm. deal was that uh evan McMullen
0: <clears throat> who has a shot in utah now he does is a big part of the mormon mafia
1: mm-hmm. what, it's the mormon about. mafia you're, you're gonna have to ask, ask
4: evan about that because look, uh yeah this is the uh, Lou Dobbs says someone asked him about evan McMullen, he said look, <clears throat> look deeper he's nothing but a globalist romney and mormon mafia tool more Make America great again. A tool. Think about it. <laughs> I, I like this one. I want him converted. I want his buddies converted. I want his family converted.
1: <laughs> and I want to pee on their baptismal certificates. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is...
4: Oh, I mean, again, <clears throat> what these elections do to people... Oh, it's crazy. Uh, it's really
1: bizarre. It's really, really crazy. I, it really is.
4: I mean, you know... I,
1: I heard somebody who was who was the biggest, the biggest fan of George W. Bush um, call him a traitor yesterday. This person was a huge Bush supporter. Now he's a traitor. Now he is a global I mean complete conspiracy theory. Heaven.
4: Wow. <laughs> You're going to sleep wow. with the fishes. The only spare bedroom we have actually has an aquarium in it. Hope that's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much good. The hashtag Mormon Mafia today. Is must <laughs> check that's that's,
0: funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah.
4: funny.
1: You gotta. You 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 have a Mormon Mafia joke? Please <laughs> tweet it.
0: Ah oh, man. And, and this is in defense of a guy. You know who, who deals in the global market. This is a guy who's businesses his shirts his ties his pants are made all over the globe all over the world he doesn't even know where they're made if you watch the letterman clip and he doesn't care because his businesses are
1: all global well two years ago he said that we have to get rid of the the borders because it's a it's a borderless world for trade right and now he is a anti-trade and a nationalist i mean it's (sighs) it's really really it's it's really quite bizarre it's really hard to get our head, your head around what's going on this election. I, how, how, it's, it's like a, it's a cult. I don't know how to... By the way, Stu, want your opinion on this. Did you see in 538, this disagrees with what I said yesterday. Yesterday, I said, you know, I think that Donald Trump um, has a chance because his people are very loyal and they'll walk through a wall of fire to vote. Did you see? This is shocking to me. According to 538... And I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, It's, I think, Hillary Clinton has 57% of the people voting for her are voting for her. 41% are voting against Donald Trump. As low as that sounds, shockingly... It's pretty high, actually. Yeah, shockingly, it is the number that, you know, most people who win the presidency only win with about that much. It's about half of the people really loving them, voting for them. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump has the lowest lowest voting for him number in recorded history. And I believe it's 41%. Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, I'm just pulling it up right now. Um, So, yeah, so
4: uh, Donald Trump, 41% looks about right. I'm just just checking the graph here real quick. 41% of Trump supporters say they are voting for for their candidate. The Clinton
1: number is about 57%. Uh Uh-huh. So the rest are voting against. That's not good. That's not what... I, I thought it was the opposite. I thought her numbers would be lower. I really thought more people were like, no, oh, she's, she's not good.
4: Yeah, I mean, and look, she's this a is criminal. every... When you really look at this, what you, you, what you find with, with Trump people um, in, in general is that they're a very highly active, but lar- generally, as far as politics go, small group that is very dedicated Which transitions incredibly well to Trump TV, but doesn't necessarily uh, translate very well to winning an election. I mean, that's why he's having so many troubles because you know most of the people, and this is most of the audience, even the people who are annoyed at us for talking about Trump or or not, you know, getting on the Trump train. They're on the Trump train, but like they've got one leg on and they're hanging off. You know, they're hanging off the side and they're just they'd love to jump off, but they're they're hanging on because that's the only place to go. Uh,
1: And I thought everybody on all sides, even, you know, maybe the Jill Stein people are excited, but I just thought everybody was kind of like one foot on the train, one foot off the train. And you're like, whatever. Um, But Hillary Clinton actually is is her supporters. I mean, you know, 57 percent of her supporters actually like her. Yeah, I mean, and it, I'm stunned by that, that that 57% of the American population
4: like her. Yeah, it's actually Clinton's uh, numbers are about average Democrat numbers. They're much worse than Obama's. Obama's were the best ever. Oh, know, yeah. Recorded, well, that was, yeah. Uh,
1: for, uh, they were, he was in
4: the 80s, wasn't yeah. he? Uh, he, yeah, in the 80s. Um, the best numbers ever recorded for Republican uh, candidates, uh, 1984 Reagan, which you'd expect, uh, and uh, a kind of somewhat surprisingly 2004 Bush uh they really liked Bush, and, and most people were voting against Kerry on the Democratic side. Like that—that's the worst numbers. Kerry, uh, Mondale, and Dukakis would be the worst for Democrats. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is the you know.
1: And the so, st- what were their numbers? See, this is this is where it gets scary. For uh, even though, you know, Fox News came out with a new poll this morning shows that Donald Trump was in within three points. Mm-hmm. Um, a
4: nor- is a normal margin of error poll for a six. Right. So
1: numbers. that's you know that's
4: that's tie. That's a possible tie. But it's, it's also expected if the race is at six points which is what the average is showing um so most likely that's a within the margin of error solid poll for where the, the race certainly is could be tightening a little bit i would say it probably is tightening a little bit um but i think it was uh uh, uh sean trendy we've had on before from real clear politics who pointed out there's a difference between a tightening election and a tight election Mm-hmm. Um, and you need one to get to the other. Yeah. It does not seem though we're in a tight election. A slightly tightening, though, is probably fair.
1: So so you're, you're looking at this, and you need a tightening election to a tight election, and then you need the fervor. Um, and Donald Trump only has 41% of the people voting for him say they're voting for him. The rest are voting against Hillary. Tell me, Michael Dukakis, what were his numbers? Uh, 45%. 47 so Michael Michael Duk- maybe? Michael Dukakis had forty-seven percent of his supporters voting for him, and he got crushed. Same for Mondale. Mondale forty-seven, forty-five
4: to forty-seven. <laughs> Same for Kerry, forty, maybe a little bit higher. Who's McGovern? Does it go back that far? It only goes back to nineteen eighty. This particular oh. chart. Uh, who but, is the worst? Uh, well, Donald Trump would be for worst, and then uh, beyond that, uh, it would be. I mean, who would you think was the worst uh, Republican? <laughs>
1: John McCain or The worst Bob. Republican? Oh. McCain.
4: Not, yeah, interesting, you guys both went to McCain. No, I thought you'd both go to Dole. Which I, I went it to was, It was Dole. Okay, I thought. A, so yeah, Dole uh, was the worst. Um, Reagan's 1980 number was actually pretty bad. So if you're looking for positives from uh, what Trump. What was his? Uh, 51. Um, 10 point higher. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's the second worst Republican number uh, was Reagan 1980. Um, which is they just did not like Carter at that point, right? I mean, it wasn't necessarily they were thrilled about... Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, you know, remember Carter was in the middle of an economic collapse, essentially. Yeah. I mean, it was a
1: real was still different though 50, they liked him he I mean, was still fifty one percent still still better
0: people were if I remember correctly, and I was pretty young at the time, but i I remember people thinking that he was a little old i I think there was some hesitance because he yep. was so old. yeah, well he had the yeah I don't think anybody disliked his policies it didn't it doesn't seem like but uh, but the age was a factor. Yeah, they always
1: tried to make him look senile yeah. and fuddy-duddy. Even and, at the beginning. And in yeah. 84, they did it even more. Oh, yeah, in 84, he was...
4: But he turned that to his advantage. He because, sure did, yeah. he's was yeah. so good. So the best, the best ever for a party supporting their nominee, uh, 2008 Obama was number one. 2012 Obama was number two. Jeez. Number three was 2004 George Bush. Oh, and man. then fourth was 84 Reagan. Uh, lowest ever would be uh, Dukakis and Mondale. Pretty much tied, then Kerry and uh, 96 Dole, pretty much tied, and then be, uh, below that is Trump.
1: Pretty interesting. Those those are inter- interesting stats. Yeah, you know what's really interesting to me, besides Barack Obama, look at the two Republicans, both on a re-election year, mm-hmm. both um, being called names by the left. Michael Moore, you know, selected, not elected, you're not a legitimate president, um, you know, all the things. Or that, criminal. Yeah, all the things that you know, the pe- that, that Obama loved so much when, you know, we were doing it. Um, and uh, his numbers go up in the second. Remember, Ronald Reagan, it, he was called every name under the sun. He was a danger to the left. Yeah. And so they pulled out all the stops. Now, it looks quaint and cute compared to now. <laughs> um, but uh, they pulled out all the stops. And again, his favorability went up i wonder how much the i wonder how much the uh well here i think i can answer it with this black lives matter going after the cops Mm -hmm. the cops currently have a higher approval rating than they have since 1967 that means the cops are appreciated by more people with a higher appreciation than after 9-11 i didn't think that was possible Pretty amazing. That's really amazing. So perhaps when you're pushing something and it just doesn't feel genuine, it pushes the approval rating higher for the other. Now this, $16.9 billion pulled from the stock market mutual funds in seven days through October 19th. Third quarter, investors pulled $29.2 billion from the hedge fund industry. The largest quarterly outflow from hedge funds since the first quarter of 2009. The outflows have grown to a total of more than $60 billion, and it is still rising. People, uh, smart people, smart investors, are not waiting until after the election. They're looking for safety, and they're looking for it right now. We survive whatever is coming. We will be stronger on the other side, but we have to prepare and take action now call GoldLine today 866 gold line buy with confidence with GoldLine's price guarantee program uh, you know certain amounts you can get it you can get your, your price guaranteed to up to a year so if you know you buy a, a certain s- uh, amount of gold they will say we are going to sell you the we we'll will sell you gold at the same price a year from now so if you've lost money we'll make it up in gold if the price of gold is higher we're going to let you buy it at today's price. It's Nobody does that. Goldline, 1-866-465-3546, 866-465-3546. It's goldline.com, 866-GOLDLINE. Call them now.
3: This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
7: Beck program. Like that. Oh,
1: man. What are we going to do on uh, election night? You have to plan something to do on election night. Are we doing, like, yeah. Blaze TV coverage? Do we know this? I don't know. I don't know.
4: Blaze radio's doing some coverage. I know right. that, uh, which is cool. We'll do something on that. I don't know what we're doing.
0: You don't, you don't know anybody at Blaze TV who could... Who gets you uh, straight. I mean, give you an idea. You know, of what's going I on. do not what's going on? run
1: <laughs> the Blaze TV. I do not run the Blaze. <laughs> no, but I mean, you obviously have input in the. Say, That's yes, funny. So that I I, I, would and think have with it. I have suggested. I have Have you suggested coverage? I have. Okay. I have. I don't uh. know what they're going to do. you uh, <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, it's funny that you think that I I don't run Blaze TV. Mm. I don't run Stop. Blaze TV. Mm-hmm. You just make suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, Mormon Mafia. Right. That's all my Got wife it. does in my house too—is just make yeah, suggestions. suggestions. That's it. That's yeah. How yeah.
4: suggesting. I mean, I mean, uh-huh. but I mean, like we've done that most most election years. I mean, this one's just kind of a weird one, uh, granted. So maybe, yeah. uh,
1: maybe I don't know. Maybe we won't. But I mean, it, I, I'm just going to be happy. We're going to be. I think we're going to be together, and whether we Facebook Live or we, we GlennBeck.com yes. or whatever. We've got to be doing something. We've got to be together. Sure. Yes, for sure. We've got to be together. Because yeah. this, is, this is another epic turning point. Oh, I mean, sure look, I, you know, I
4: think Jim Jones set the precedent for everyone being together in moments like this. Right. So. so I'll make the punch
1: <laughs> and I'll <laughs> yeah, put it in a bucket. <laughs> and we'll go out back by the pool and uh, everybody grab a cup. <laughs> Which way? I mean, you're go- we're going to feel awful. Either way. Oh, yeah. There's
4: Either a, way. I mean, this is a weird thing, and people are so passionate about it, and I understand that. It's, I With actually, Trump,
0: there's at least a chance. Yeah, that's right. At <laughs> least a chance that he's going to be the greatest president of all time. At least there's a chance. Even though he doesn't know what the nuclear or the cyber is, at least there's a chance.
4: Okay. <laughs> my, my point is, like... I don't. I feel interested as an interested observer to this election, but I mean, the uh-huh. election to me is lost already. I don't have yes. that passion of like I'm not on the edge lost. of my seat for this one. It I was mean, lost I, in May, right or June, whenever, whenever Cruz dropped out. But again, it could be. I mean, it could have been anybody else. And and I, you know, there are other arguments. It's interesting to watch from the perspective of I like watching these elections because they're interesting and it's history. It's real things. These are things people will look back on, and I like learning about it and and, and covering it. But I mean I don't have that like oh my gosh I hope x y or z occurs. Yeah no. I, I, I mean I think when ass. we get down
1: to it I think I'm going mean, to I think I, I'm going to be saying
3: well at least there was a chance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean if he wins I'm going to hang my hat on that. Well I mean I will at be
4: hanging you my hat have on it. Yeah, I'll be hanging my hat on this, it, more more than anything the house. But I mean I will also be watching closely yeah, if the, senate, the house and the senate
1: are lost that's going to be really, depressing. really bad, really depressing. And
4: I'll say, I'll be, I'll, I don't hanging on something. I'll be rooting for the libertarians to cross five percent of uh, the Me too. Uh, popular vote Me too. Uh, for twenty twenty. I think that's a po- that's a important benchmark. There are things to root for, and I will be watching the Senate and House very closely. It's just the presidential thing. It's just like it's the thing that everyone's obsessed about because that's what we do as Americans. But it's like the fourteenth most important thing right now. It's. I always say this: it's the least important election of our lifetime as far as the president goes because both candidates are terrible. We are
3: one! Glenn Beck. Mercury.
1: friend of ours is uh, back into town a guy who we had on about a year ago and has a great sense of humor but also has a mission in his life Um, I think because of what gave him a great sense of humor Uh, Travis Mills is back in we begin with him right now
3: Of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck
1: program. Staff Sergeant Travis Mills is uh, back into town. We love having him here. He is—he's um, the author of the uh, book *Tough as They Come*, and we—we uh, we, we actually don't like having him because we always feel like the biggest uh, weenies on the planet. Effect. Uh, he's talking about he has uh, uh, no arms and uh, no legs. He lost them in uh, in the service of his country, and um, he's just talking about swimming and going to the gym every day, and how he listens to us at the gym. And uh, we have arms <laughs> and legs, and we don't even go to the gym. I haven't seen a gym in years. No, uh-uh. I don't even like people named
7: Jim. I don't
0: even like to drive by him. <laughs> right. It's
7: it's. No, I understand good. that. And I, you know, when I go when I'm when I'm at home, I go to the CrossFit gym, and I I really socialize a lot. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, "Come on, Travis, we got to do stuff," and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm kind of busy." Talking so, <laughs> you no. Know, I have cool tricks. So like check these pecs out. You know what I'm saying? I can do yeah, some you can things. Do that you, got, you things. got that going for you. But uh, no, thanks for having me. I really appreciate uh, you allowing me to come back and and hang out with with you fine gentlemen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Loose well, is, uh, very, very loose. Right? i was going yeah, to say. He's, him. Yeah, I know. He's, uh, <laughs> he obviously yeah. has no yeah. judgment uh, either. Uh, so. Just recap your story real quick, uh, the story of the book um, and, and your near-death experience. So in case people don't know who you are.
7: Yeah, so uh, I'm from Michigan originally. Uh, my mom and dad had me I was a middle child. Um, so they had the first one. They were like, not what we want. Second one, perfection. Third one, crap, not Travis. But I digress. <laughs> Way goes. Uh, after high school, I went to college. My girlfriend said she moved home. I moved home, found out she had a boyfriend, <laughs> joined the military. Uh, my third deployment, um, my wife and I... Doing well. Had a house and everything out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina. at the 82nd Airborne Division. Third deployment came up. I decided I was going to go. I had orders to take me somewhere else. I didn't want to go somewhere else. I went on patrol two months or a month and a half into my deployment. Hit, you know, hit a bomb, IED. And it ripped off portions of my arms and legs. Uh, at the bicep, my right arm and right leg at the knee was disintegrated and gone. Left leg snapped through the bone. And left arm was, was blown out the wrist, but hand was still there. So I hit the ground. I rated my LT with my left arm. I said, hey, six, this is four, I hit a bomb. My medic came up to me, started working on me. I told him to leave me alone. He just said, let me do my job. Tourniquets, operating table, uh, eventually 14 hours of surgery, nine doctors and seven nurses. Uh, put me back together, I guess, in a way, or got me stable. Um, two nurses for nine hours just pumped air into my lungs, keep me alive. Mm. And then I made it to Walter Reed on April 17th for the first time. And uh, my wife, when I first saw her, she had to sign papers to cut my right leg up higher. It wasn't that Kodak moment, you would think. Uh, she had to do that. And then the next day, I told Kelsey, she walked in. and said, Look, honey, you don't got to do this. Like, this is not the life you chose. I'm not the six foot three, 250 you know, uh, 50 pound behemoth of a good looking man anymore, you know. And she's, I basically just gave her the out. She said, That's not how this works. We're going to, you know, do this together. And um, she also said, and I want the handicapped parking. So, I mean, <laughs> I get it. Right. I get it. So she really kept
0: you around for Christmas time. Which yeah. yeah shop, she's just got at unbelievable yeah, parking <laughs> spots. But, yeah. you
7: know, when she uh, when she said she was going to stay, I had a little girl at six months old who I thought was thinking I was, a, I was a monster. But, obviously, I didn't realize I looked like every single toy she's been given. Right. So, yeah, short arms, short legs, fuzzy right. chest. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. Any bear. But um, it just came down to a choice. You know, get better. Push forward in life. learn the difference between reminiscing and dwelling. So I reminisce the past, but I don't dwell on it. What's the difference? Uh, you know, I reminisce the past. I'm very thankful. I've met a lot of people, a lot of children, actually, that, that get me that never had the ability to have arms and legs. or never had the ability to grow up healthy and, and strong and to go places. And I did. And you know what? I can't change the fact that I got blown up. I can't change the fact that my arms and legs are gone. But what I can do is push forward every day and be thankful for that. Uh, you know, I'm able to speak. For my speaking company across the nation because of this book and the things that it's, it's unlocked for me the doors it's open I'm able to go and tell people about perspective and it's all about perspective you know my message is never stop you know never give up never quit always keep going and I just you know you got to be resilient to things but when I look at the back back in the past I can be like oh well this sucks this is miserable why would I want this ever you know but the truth is I didn't choose it but I chose to you know shape my attitude to keep going forward and being positive my little girl I take her to school in the mornings i hit the gym after that in between that time i'm listening to the radio you know yeah uh, 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 you guys. i think he's I'm pointing listening. to us i'm not sure but i think yeah uh, is pointing yeah, to yeah us. you <laughs> know. but uh you know from from this book i'm able to tell my story in a positive way i don't sit there and call myself wounded I'm if, you, idiot, if you know? if it,
1: it was. I mean, if you if you could what an important
0: message for this victim culture yeah, I know. Yeah I'll I never play the victim. You know, that's just a, yeah. unbelievable because so many people are victims from words, you know, or Halloween costumes or, or whatever. Targets, it's it's yeah. gotten that ridiculous now. And here you are uh, who got blown
1: up, literally, and you've chosen to, to be positive about it. Can I ask you this? And, and this is a hard question to ask because nobody would ever, you know, nobody's choosing. Oh, you know what I want? When I grow up, I want to go to war and have my limbs blown off. So I don't mean it that way. Well, right? I understand. Knowing what you, who you are, and where you are now,
7: um, do you regret that day? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I get asked all the time. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, would you go back in time with all the great things you're doing? I say, absolutely, I would. <laughs> yes. I would. I would love to take my kid and throw in the air and catch her. I would love to. How be would able you to, be different? today? Oh, yeah, today. Uh, I would probably be an E7, maybe working on E8 in the military. I'd probably have uh, two more kids. We're working on kids now. I'm fully capable. Still got it. Still works. There's wondering. TMI. uh,
1: Nobody
7: was questioning that. Some people do. They wonder. Don't really need to know. (laughs) But, but, you know, I I would still be a family man. I'd still be taking care of business. This has just allowed me to
1: turn it positive. So you believe that
7: the core of who you are um, now was already there. I was the same person. That's, you know, my wife uh, is happy. And also she thought there could be probably some characteristic, you know, traits changed a little bit. But uh, I'm the same person I was before. And really, when it boils down to everything, you know, there's so many men and women that have lost their lives for this country. Um, and I tell the story of my buddy Francis Jean Phillips IV. Went by Frankie. He was a really close friend of mine. And uh, he didn't make it home. He had a daughter that was four. Now she's going on eight. He had a wife of four years, Christine. And you know what? She He doesn't get to take his daughter trick-or-treating. On Monday... I'm taking my daughter trick-or-treating. He doesn't get to take his wife on dates. My wife and I go on dates all the time, and my parents are very close to me. His mother would give anything. His mother would give anything to have him back. And you know what? He's not coming back. And it's sad, but it's true. So why would I want to live my life down and out, you know, dwelling on the past, and angry when I could be out there and changing people's perspective on life, letting them know life goes on, and think about the These, lives lost.
1: What do you say to people who... Uh, they don't even have to be in your situation, didn't have to even go to war. There are a lot of people who are just, and I'm not talking about clinical depression, I'm talking about just, you know, they're, they're feeling sorry for themselves. And they might have good reason to feel sorry for themselves.
7: And that's a tricky conversation because people see me and they always think, well, geez, I thought I had problems, but looking at you, you know, how do you get through? And I tell people it's very clear actually in, the, in, my, in my book and in the, in the, the author's note. It says, first thing, if you serve, thank you for your service. I did not serve any more than anybody else. I had one bad day at work, case of the Mondays. We've all been there. But I don't think I served any more else. I raised my right hand and took the oath. The next line, it basically just states, I don't think my problems are any more than anybody else's. You know, we all have our things that we go through. We have family members that deal with cancer. We have things that we go through. And if my story helps get people through it or past what they're going through, great. If I can be a positive uh, light or mentor for people, that's what I try to do. But I will never sit there and be like, well, that's a dumb thing to be upset about or that's stupid. I get a lot of parents that reach out um, off my website, and they, and they want to um, have me talk to their, their family members and like, get them through. I do more of a hard truth campaign. I'm more of like it's a lot of PTSD counseling. I don't have PTSD, fortunately, but it's a lot of you know, gentlemen I've served with or people that it, I know. Hold it.
1: Hold it. Oh. Hold it. There are people that are claiming now they have PTSD from watching a TV show. You were blown up, lost your limbs, you don't have PTSD?
7: No, I don't regret anything I did overseas. I don't regret anything I did overseas. You know, I've, If if anybody does get the book, not to, like, sell too hard, tough as I come, check it out, TravisMills.org. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but if anybody does get the book, you're going to find out, yes, I've killed people. Yes, I've put friends in body bags. Yes, I've I've had every single thing that people could claim for PTSD that would affect them later on, but I don't. I, I know where my direction in life is. Um, you know, the book is faith-based, so it's just... It took me a while to get back to that, but about two, three weeks, I guess. But really, you know, it, that, that is a long time because you can be a believer all you want until the day it happens. And then you're like, what the heck? Why, why this, am I a bad person? Yeah. And then you have to get back on track, like, you know, good things or good, bad things happen to good people. But uh, for PTSD, so, I'm so, more, so, yeah.
1: So when, you're, so when you're on the phone with these parents, they want you to say what to their...
7: A lot of people would just want to know, like, how can I get them motivated and get off the couch? And I, if I talk to this person or that, that's going through something, I'm like, look, why are you letting one day or one week, or one month, hold up your whole entire life. Why dwell on the past? Think about the lives that are lost. Think about people that would give anything to have the opportunity to still live in you know, the greatest country in the world that, uh, with the democracies and the freedoms that we have. Why not get out there and go forward in life? Why be the victim? Why dwell on it? Um, you'll never see me be the sob story. I will never, ever be the one that's like, you know, oh, poor me, pity me. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be the sob story. I don't have people pity me. I don't even call myself wounded. I mean, I used to be. I have awesome scars. Ladies, I'm married. <laughs> but I have awesome scars. And you know what? I'm a recalibrated warrior, if you want to call me anything. But I go by Travis, and I'm just thankful to get out there. I mean, if anybody wants to know my story, like I said, it's just travismills.org. And uh, we appreciate just being able to push the ball forward and keep it moving. Okay, so now you
1: are, um, you're going around and you're speaking, and one of the things that you're trying to work on is uh, the Main Chance Lodge Veterans Retreat. What is that?
7: Well, we, um, we had the ability to start a foundation. After being at Walter Reed, which is a phenomenal medical facility, we uh, saw all these 501c3s come in and do some wonderful things. And Kelsey and I said, you know what, let's, let's just start a foundation. We'll just send care packages overseas. If you have loved ones overseas, send them these four things. Orbit gum, not sweet mint, okay? Orbit lasts the longest. It's just a fact. Peppered beef jerky, okay? Peppered beef jerky, peanut butter M&Ms, and gummy bears. Trust me. But besides for that... Wait, why those two? Because they're delicious. Everything on that All right. <laughs> okay. All right.
1: Okay. I thought maybe there was a heat thing or something like that. No. Just, no. no. Right.
7: Can, you ever, can you say any of those things that are not
1: good? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm just, yeah. I just was wondering, yeah. wondering if that was. the ms are tremendous. Oh. I mean, they are. Yeah. They are delicious.
7: Wonderful. But. Where are they? Why don't we <laughs> have some? <laughs> My wife and I wanted to give back. We thought that would be a good option. Well, then a gentleman from Maine said that he wanted to bring some friends out of mine and they'd start the Travis Mills Project and it'd be an umbrella under his foundation and I'd be the face of it and that'd be it. So we brought some people to Maine, show them how to kayak, canoe Go so boating and swimming, build that network, say, hey, thanks for your service. Don't live life on the sidelines. You know? Here's a network of people you can rely on and lean on, and you can still do things with your family adaptively. So it went so well, I started raising funds all across Maine and, and the nation, and we got to the point where it was too much for this foundation to hold. And they said, well, this is too big, so we're going to have to let's let it fizzle out. And I said, no, no, we're not. So my foundation, which is only care packages, decided we're going to take it over. Now it's a $2.7 million project to get the building done. Um, We were fortunate to raise over a $1 million last year. And um, this will be done next summer, and we'll be hosting families. We bring out 6 to 10 families, up to 35 to 40 people a week. We're going to do five weeks next year. And we're going to bring them throughout the nation and just bring them in and say, look, I know there's not a lot of people in your community that looks like you. I get that. But here's a network of people to lean on. We appreciate your service. Come on out to Maine. Vacation land is where I live. And we show them how to kayak. I go kayaking. Uh, I go canoeing, I go swimming, I go tubing, and we do all this stuff, and we bring them out and say, thanks for your service. And it's not just the soldiers or the military members that are going through this. It's the families. Did you ever, you know, did you ever um, did you have you ever faced anything uh, since the accident and that freaked you out of your mind? Well, I mean, uh, my next goal is to go great white uh, cage diving, great white shark cage diving, because I can't bite my arms and legs off. <laughs> There's not much left. But, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I will tell you, I wasn't always as positive. I, it took me a little while where I could look in a mirror at myself after this explosion, you know. It, um, but uh, nothing really scares me. You know? so, so first time you're thrown into the water. You're,
1: you're helpless if you're, if you're thrown into the water for the first time, I would imagine. And, you know, you're in a canoe. You don't. It, it's not crossed your mind that, crap, I lose these devices and I'm done. Well, I
7: mean, I have a life vest. I'm not gonna sit there and tell you I don't have a life <laughs> vest that I wear. Right. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually really afraid. My biggest fear is actually water. I can't see the bottom of. So, like fish scare. The, I, I mean, I'm on a lake. I, I was on the lake all summer in Maine, and I jump in and I gotta be brave because my little girl, who's five, is standing there or sitting there next to me swimming, having a great time, and I can't let her see that I'm so afraid something's gonna come bite me. But I mean. <laughs> Like the biggest fear I yeah, have. Sometimes they like bump into you underwater. Yeah. No, and it is, better not. That's creepy, uh-huh.
4: that's creepy
0: man. See
7: me walk on water if that happens. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just it's just about coming together and doing something great. Saying thanks for your service, we'd really appreciate it. My foundation, I'm the president. Okay, we have a great board, a great board of people, and we're never going to take a dollar. We're never going to pay ourselves. It's all voluntary, and if people. They can see my 990s, and they can understand that this is one of the you know A, a you know A rated nonprofits, and we're going to keep that driving forward. I mean, obviously, we're taking uh, donations and funds. We're building a pool right now. We need elevator to go into the, the the building. It was Elizabeth Arden's estate from 1929. It was massive, Wow. and we had to this undertaking. It was the wow. construction. So how do
0: people donate?
7: Uh, just travismills.org foundation tab. Again, I'm not trying to like push right. that agenda, but at the oh, same but- time, please check us out uh you know the books new york times bestsellers doing fairly well we just had the paperback come out two days ago that's right and the cover on it is my daughter and me and it's you know my daughter and chloe and i were best friends and um and nothing i'm very better, proud of it? that what's
1: that nothing better
7: oh no my little girl is oh gee she's she's awesome she woke up this morning and we were playing we were playing hide and seek in the hotel room i mean it's not a big hotel room but we were trying <laughs> we we're trying
4: but um just a general charity question how many uh, six foot
7: oil paintings of yourself have you purchased with charity dollars you know i yeah approach Mm -hmm. you know i i we're almost to the point where i gotta gotta probably no i'm kidding no it's not you know i'll never actually (laughs) so i'm 17 miles away my house is 17 miles away from this place i'll never be a guest i will go out there i will hang out for the day i will meet these families i will encourage them to do better but it's not about me being out there and taking advantage i'm not doing this for myself so i might go out there to introduce myself on the first day. And I might have meetings and traveling. I mean, next week I'm in Minnesota to Charlotte to Chicago. I'll be speaking for Allstate in Chicago on Veterans Day. Then I'm back to Maine Mm -hmm. to California. But, you know, I want to make sure I greet these families. We appreciate what you're doing. Enjoy. Please, you know, understand this is all about being able to get back with your families, learn how to do things adaptively, and take this knowledge and these abilities with you back where you live. And, um, you know, I might... We'll see what my future holds. Probably probably uh, probably politics, I'd imagine. I, I, oof i tell you i love this what's going on right now yeah. Oh, yeah isn't it exciting you can have it you can <laughs> it. it's all yours it's brother all yours take it please. Please.
1: congratulations it's all yours um i nice have uh, somebody who would
4: actually be trustworthy uh running so please well, do. we yeah. need somebody good to run please do
7: is this not an exciting time for politics in the most weird way no <laughs> no it's, it's the it's... most awkwardly yeah exciting <laughs> weirdest time <laughs> no ever. no well oh, you'll never find a political post on my facebook page no way i I never choose a side. I got to stay right neutral because the foundation, my, I don't want to hurt my foundation because of one side or the other. Yeah, no, it's and that's where we we'll sure. live in. It's too important.
1: Travis, uh, so gl- uh, gl- I'm glad to have you on again. TravisMills.org. TravisMills.org. If you want to help and, uh, and grab his book, Tough As They Come, TravisMills.org. Thanks for coming by. Our sponsor this half hour, Simply Safe. A few years ago, met with the founder of Simply Safe. really smart guy, long heritage in his family of inventors is, I think his grandfather helped win World War II with some of the devices that he um, pioneered that went into the uh, American tanks. So he gets to Harvard and he's got this tinkerer kind of inventor family heritage and he wants to do something great. This comes out of just a need of some friends that say, hey, we've, we're renting these apartments, we can't put in a... You know we can't drill any holes in the walls, and we're all getting robbed. So he invents a wireless uh, burglar alarm called Simply Safe. Well, every it starts spreading all over. Everybody starts to buy it, and he's like, "I think I have a company here. Simply Safe. Installation is easy. No wires, no drilling, no pushy sales guys. You own it, and it's fifteen dollars a month for the monitoring. No long-term contract that locks you in." What else do you need? Protect your home the smart way. Visit simplysafebeck.com. Go there now. Get free shipping on your order. Free keychain remote worth 25 bucks. Simplysafebeck.com.
2: We have one
3: The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
2: Beck program
1: 727 Beck.: Stu's watching this new commercial. He's trying to figure out if it's real or not. It's a Donald Trump commercial for trying to get the Indian vote. Yeah, the, there's a story on BuzzFeed talking about after
4: Bollywood event, Trump tries to speak Hindi in new ad. Um, and I, I mean, the ad it's not because I mean, you know, going after a particular voting block is not a particular surprise, though Trump has been outwardly critical of other candidates for speaking spanish in Mm -hmm. in the campaign so it's odd that he would try to speak uh a a different language in an ad but the ad is so poorly produced i do not believe it's real he is actually saying it but it's like it's just like cut off the music's really loud like it doesn't
1: seem like it's a real ad but buzzfeed could an article about it things couldn't be any more bizarre in our world than hillary clinton comes out today and says her favorite food is mexican food <laughs> that just oh, happened to be an interview on Univision. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I, say, I kind I of just, agree with her, but uh, my favorite food is Mexican food. I love all the food you people eat. Right? <laughs> I
4: mean, come <laughs> That's on, Kate McKinnon on Saturday Night Live type of thing. Yes, it exactly really is exactly right. That perfectly,
1: exactly right. Back in a minute.
2: Mercury
1: Amazing. Um, MishTalk.com, Michael Shedlock uh, wrote, "Ugly failure almost guaranteed, regardless of who wins the election." Word of the day is "ugly." That's how Steen Jacobson, Saxo Bank CIO and chief economist, describes the U.S. presidential campaign: broken social contracts, public debt, and productivity. These things are so ugly. The future is almost guaranteed, regardless of who wins the election. Wow, you know this kind of goes to—it kind of goes to what I was saying. You know, uh, when I was talking to all of the all of the candidates that I talked to, why do you want to be president? You know, you're going to be blamed for what's coming. Um, you're going to be whoever is president is going to have to deal with the collapse of Obamacare. Possibly the collapse of the market. We're entering another 2008. I mean, honestly, if I were the Democrats, I would want the Republicans to win. Think of this. You go in, you're a Democrat. You go in, you know the Fed is already geared for you. Um, I think geared for really anybody that as soon as the president leaves or around this time, I think it's just they're going to just let go. Um, They don't have any more juice to run. So the, you go in, there's an economic, real economic hardship. You have to decide whether you're going to go in and fight Syria or leave Syria alone. What are you going to do? You fight Syria. Now you're, now you're involved with Russia. Russia, with the Crimea and the Ukraine, you know in the next four years, the first thing they're going to do is challenge the next president on the Ukraine and on everything else uh, in Eastern Europe. Um, So you have that going for you. You have ISIS going for you. You have all of the sins of the past 15 years coming home to roost on your watch. If you're a Democrat, why wouldn't you want the Republicans to have this? Why wouldn't you want the Republicans to have this? Because... Even if you have the House and the Senate for two years, if things happen, you know, in the next two years to where it really breaks down, they automatically get the blame for everything. Look at George Bush. If George Bush, if the if the housing market would have collapsed six months later. Right. So, six
4: yeah, months right. later, Lehman Brothers was, Oct- or was it Lehman Brothers October 2008? I get all the banks. Yeah. But October 2008 was the big Yes, collapse, Yes, right? Lehman Brothers. And so if you
1: push that back, say, six months, in March, April 2009, Barack wow. Obama is president and he gets blamed for the crash of the market. Now, fairly or unfairly, but I mean, right. that's the way these things react, right? Correct. Um, he, If
4: if Obama takes office with a 5.2% unemployment and he take, he's in office for three months and it drains to 10%. He's getting blamed for that from the American people. Uh, where, again, the president's effect on the economy in many ways is negligible um, depending on what happens. But it's still like it would be a fascinating thing because probably he loses in 2012.
1: And uh and the, the whole history of the country is different. And we're going for the same we're going for the same thing. I mean this is a way to take the Republicans out. It really is. Take the Republicans out. Because Donald Trump yesterday and let's talk about his campaign and the things he wants us to talk about today and that's his plan from yesterday he is he has proposed a new deal for blacks a, a new a, i'm sorry what did i hear you what as a well as a deal? 1 trillion
0: dollar stimulus package yeah. for the infrastructure excellent a trillion that's bigger than the Obama stimulus and yes. mm-hmm. with with no taxes to pay for it and I'm sure there will be oh that's just exactly what we need is that what Republican talk
4: hosts are saying today
0: that's exactly what we need we
4: should play that audio I if we can maybe can play into the show yeah if you have it. again it's cut 15 uh, cut 15 it's it's this is remarkable but think this about this exactly been, what we need I've been harping on this for a while <laughs> you Hillary have that Clinton's, audio is
0: that what the yeah I we'll
4: <laughs> Hillary... have it tomorrow I guarantee you that uh, Hillary Clinton has been saying a 275 billion dollar stimulus and Donald Trump said he wants to more than double it. So I've been saying $550 billion stimulus. Uh, He's gone more than double that.
0: Yeah, he's up to a trillion now. Here it is.
4: Infrastructure will be
6: another major goal. My contract calls for $1 trillion in infrastructure investment, of which the inner cities will be a major beneficiary. We need something done. It's It's so bad. You look at your roads and you look at your... Your everything. You look at your no, schools and hospitals. Everything. No, everything.
0: Is it-, it just us? I I look at my roads. I I look at the bridges. Do you look, I at, look at everything? At the schools. You look at your everything. I look at my everything. And I don't see it so bad. I mean, we've got construction going on, and that well, in Texas it's different. Yeah, Te-
4: and he did say the
0: inner city. He did mention the inner yes, cities there. So we um, have an inner city here. It's called Dallas, Texas. Yeah, so, and, you know. Dallas, yeah, Texas. And we have another one called Fort Worth, Texas. We've got two inner cities here, and neither one of them are like he's describing. Right. We've lived all over the country. I've never seen what he's describing. What he's describing is what Obama talked about all the time. I, where is this
1: crumbling infrastructure? I don't see. I mean. Well, first Our of all, roads that have potholes. All, hang on just a second. First of all, what did the 787 billion dollars that, that we, go to that, that all conservatives were against. Yeah. Where did all that go to? Because you know, that those, was for the crumbling infrastructure. Oh yeah, those, right. we saw those nice big signs. Yeah, I think all 787 uh, billion went to pay for the signs. signs. So it's now this little. trillion can be spent on the cones? <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. Right. I
4: mean, where did it go? And, and let me some really complicated math here for you. Barack Obama, seven hundred eighty-seven billion dollar stimulus. Hillary Clinton, two hundred seventy-five billion dollar stimulus. The total is one point oh six trillion. If you add up Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama's p- st- stimulus packages, they are basically equal to what Donald Trump is proposing. Wow! How is this not blowing the minds of Republican voters?
0: It's what I, well, we need. This
4: will stimulate yeah, the economy. It's, I mean, it's an investment. Again, you want to pull this the is, trigger and, and say, yeah, what, you're going to vote for the guy. I understand it, I guess. But like this, you should be going crazy this over this is, anyway.
1: Can I tell you something? This is a repeat of the um, election of 33, except without the, uh, without the uh, depression. Saying, uh, Jeff, you know, we're just talking. Listen, about to, this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Though. Right. Who, was, who, who was Herbert Hoover? Who was he?
0: He was the guy that uh, Archie Bunker sang about <laughs> No, opening. who
1: was he? What 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 was he known for besides being president before he was president? What well, he was, he was known the for? president known for uh, Archie Bunker the Archie uh, the no. the depression, the crash of the right. But before that, what why why was he the guy that everybody said he should be the president? He invented the vacuum cleaner. No, he did you don't know anything about him. <laughs> I no he was a about him. he was a master builder. He was a guy who was my next, who built my next massive stage. projects yes. and could get it done. Donald Trump, really? Was he really? Oh yeah, he was Hoover I, I Dam. Didn't know that. I didn't. Well, yes, but and he built the dam. Yes, yeah, of course. He didn't actually no, build it. It was actually, built under, was, and him he paid for it. But anyway, uh, so but he was known as this 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 genius of the mechanics of of an economy. And being able to build things and to build great things and big things. And so they hired him. But the, the problem with Hoover was, and boy, the Hoover family hates it when I say this. I get nasty letters from the Hoover family because they completely deny it. But it is unmistakable. He was a progressive. He just was a Republican progressive. He was a guy who just liked these big, huge projects that would... ...would save things, but not as big as the Democrats. Mm -hmm. So he went in and he bailed out the economy to save the economy. He was the first one to do that. He didn't go far enough. Or, some would say, he went too far. Um, But they claimed that he did nothing. Now, think of this. Here comes this master builder, this guy who knows the economy, knows capitalism knows how to get things done, knows these massive big projects. He first comes in and he says, we're going to spend a trillion dollars. Even the Fed says they could print $4 trillion. Print and just give it away. Print $4 trillion and they don't think it will affect the next uh, recession. So here's a quarter of that. He wants to spend it if things fall apart in two years, you lose the House and the Senate. And in four years, you, lo- you have the possibility of losing the presidency to anyone with a conservative or capitalist idea, perhaps for the next 20 years, just like they did in the Great Depression. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. If I, and it might be why they were just like, let Hillary run, because she's horrible, she would have been beaten by anybody else, almost anybody else. Frank Lunt said, easy Rubio, eight points by now.
0: I don't think Pataki would have beaten her. Uh, I don't
1: think so either. You know, almost, I, I don't almost think Gilmore either. would have beaten her, but most of them would most have. Most of them would have. Most of them would have. Yeah. So, sorry, I mean, she was a, oh, yeah. she, she's a very beatable, she's a very beatable candidate. And it's almost kind of like a half-hearted swing, and like ever eh, right, because I, I think in retrospect Carson would have had a real
4: tough time. Um, yes, I uh, think so. Yes. Just looking at how he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, but outside, honestly, I, Gilmore and Pataki, any- I would give it a chance. I mean, would have beaten her. Both of them Huckabee have be- had won elections, and even in, in- Huckabee, who I can't yeah. stand, would have beaten. Him. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think Carson would have probably
1: lost, and I think Trump would have lost. Only if Carson... Carson's problem was he got lazy. And this is from the people in his own campaign. They gave him things to read. He didn't want to read them. So he didn't bone up on them. So he didn't know the issues. He's and certainly that's the smart, he's smart, smart guy, enough to yeah. do it. He just didn't. You could just tell, I mean, just by his efforts backing
4: Trump, like his the way he talks about things, He he's constantly creating new gaffes for himself in the campaign he's just not good at this he's great at saving lives of children uh with massive problems i mean he's a brilliant guy but i mean really it's just i don't think i don't think this i don't think he had this this temper this whole scenario this circus would have would have he would have been but if he would have been
1: in it against hillary i don't think it would have been a circus I don't think you could have played a circus against him. Do you? I do, I do. Yeah, I mean, I think because he said he 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 gaffs too often. Yeah,
4: man. that's he, yeah, he that's says true. enough incendiary Yeah, that's, right. true. I, that's I, true. I don't think he would have been able to handle this sort of pressure. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I, but but again, like that's the only other one I can think of. I think I think Chris Christie would probably oh, be yeah. winning. Oh, oh, Chris Christie um, would have been cleaning oh, yeah. the floor with her. He's got all sorts of you know corruption. Oh yeah, but he is. So does she? Oh, but he would have.
1: Can you imagine with WikiLeaks? And of the things that came out, what he would have done with that?
4: Every single one. of. The, I honestly think, I mean, I don't know. but I just don't know enough about Jim Gilmore. But, I mean, the guy won statewide elections in a, in a purple state. I mean, he can't be all that bad. Pataki right. won elections yeah, in but,
0: New York. But, but I don't think awful. they would have won. It, 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 Graham, those two. Uh, it, I, like think they said, all, I think they all would have had a really good chance.
4: Because the fundamentals are there. I mean, Hillary Clinton should be defeated in this election. She should. You just had to pick the worst possible candidate to do it for him, to, for her to win. I mean, that's the bottom line here. If you chose anyone out, with the exception of potentially Carson, in my mind, but, I mean, yes, these some of these other it fringe you. guys, sure. This
1: might but- actually turn out, if she wins, it could be a blessing. If 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 the economy tanks, if the economy uh, tanks, if things, it will all they will own the economy. They will own all of it. You just never know. I know, I know, I know. I I know. Obviously, don't think it's going to happen. They've been putting it off for years now. They'll keep propping it up. Yeah, they'll keep propping it up. And now this, there's only so long you can prop it up, and I don't know when that is, but there's only so long. Now this, the internet broke over the weekend. What do you mean broke? What, what, What do you mean? Hackers came in and hacked into the Internet and stopped people from uh, being able to um, use massive websites. And it it amazes me that this is not something that people are talking about. It amazes me. This is a huge deal. If hackers can come in, not state-sponsored. Now, our government says this was state-sponsored, probably Russia. We don't know. Hackers are taking responsibility. Anonymous, people in Anonymous. They're taking responsibility, or WikiLeaks. If, if that's true, that's even worse. If they can do this, good heavens, when people get serious about hurting the United States, what else can't they do? It doesn't take, it doesn't take real sophistication to take what you have. Yahoo admitted it shared 500 million users' information with government agencies. Your cell phone. Attackers can breach your smartphone's security with text messages and phony game apps. Technology is great, but it makes you very vulnerable to identity theft. Get LifeLock. As a LifeLock member, if you become a victim of identity theft, their U.S.-based team will work to resolve your case. Free credit monitoring will only detect credit problems. LifeLock helps detect and fix identity problems. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, you have the best protection. Memberships start at 9 dollars a month, plus sales tax. It's 800-440-4936. Use the promo code BECK and get $50 off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. 800-440-4936. LifeLock.com, 800-440-4936. This is the Glenn
7: Beck program, Mercury.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, Is it you watch Black Mirror? Yeah, I watched a couple episodes. I've never uh, even heard of it. Black Mirror? Black Mirror. Uh, On Netflix. The second second season just dropped on Netflix. uh, Yeah, I've watched a couple of the first season, but I watched uh, two of the new season, and I really like the new season. Uh, The the first one is about how um, basically the Facebook, Likes have taken over the world. Everybody's rated all the time. Not far from that. You're rated by your interaction with each other. You go into an elevator, and you come up on everybody's cell phone, and they can rate you. And so you have interaction, and doesn't matter how little it is. As they walk away, you swipe how many stars that was. And if you're if you're under a four out of five stars, if you're under a four, you're kind of dicey. You're uh, a 4.5, you now get wildly discounted rates on everything because you're an influencer. 4.8, you're a power influencer. Under 2, you are the scum of society. And it's how fake society has become just for those likes. And it's... It's it's a powerful story, I it's want the, to give that what a element. smart idea. Yeah, very smart. All about the black side of new technology. This black is Black Mirror.
3: The Glenn Beck program. Mercury.